The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk podcast. Let's do it, guys. Let's do it before we make a mess of this again. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oz Table Talk. My name's Luke. I'm at the table with Steve and Dave. Hello. Good, hello. <laughs> Good evening. G'day. How is everyone? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. We have, we, everyone's laughing because we've had a few false starts, but we are actually <laughs> starting for real this time. So, uh, Yeah. It's been a busy week. Yeah? So, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to the end of it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, you stay, eh? Not the best week, but it's been all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not as hot as last week, so yeah, that has that's been a plus. Good. Yeah. No, it's a few frustrating jobs, and I've uh, torn two of my uniforms. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just on like so shrubs and stuff? Or? Oh, one of them was like I was reaching up to get a balcony because I couldn't walk on it because there was like stuff on it. <clears throat> and as I jumped down off the thing I was standing on, I, my sleeve got caught in a, in a piece of wire that I hadn't seen. Oh. So luckily it didn't grab my arm, but yeah, it's yeah. like... Whoosh. Uh, like, oh, that could have been bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can just imagine what that would have done to your arm. If that yeah, <laughs> yeah. I stopped after that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was close. Yeah, yeah. And then I just tore pants kicking a stick today on accident. So okay, it's yep. like <laughs> another one. Yeah, it's one of those weeks. Yep. Yeah, it's one of those weeks. Mm. Yeah, it might be pretty good though. I, I, it's been been busy, but but good. And I don't get the whole. I, I'm glad it's almost over thing. Like that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, we know you're different. Yeah. <laughs> I love Mondays. Can man. I just point out though, you say that, but when I arrived this afternoon, you were asleep on the lounge. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I had been asleep for less than five minutes. Like literally, I was. <laughs> it still says something about your week though, does it not? <laughs> it's kind of normal. Either, either hectic or relaxed. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, like we've been running around a lot and like there was a, a, a 70th birthday that we were at today. And because I had to do that today and that was kind of when I would normally be working. So I stayed up late last night getting getting some work done to sort of offset some of that and so we did it we came home and i, I was just so wrecked the kids were happy for for a few seconds and i'm like oh, i'm just gonna lay i didn't even lay on the lounge i laid on the ottoman and i just like laid there and shut my eyes for a second I'm like this is so comfy and then i heard the door open and i and i snapped to attention and like stood up and dave's standing there and i looked at the clock i'm like oh i've been asleep less than five minutes like that's been like three minutes i've been out <laughs> uh, so but i tell you what I, I was saying to steve before that i've sort of like that small i know it was only a few minutes of sleep but it actually has worked for me like i actually feel considerably better than i did before i laid down got a whole room cycle <laughs> yeah <laughs> is this where we crack a joke about you know glad we weren't here before he laid down yeah. <laughs> i mean we'll see how your brain function goes well yeah uh, i think that's probably a fair question to ask <laughs> I was thinking before while we were talking, I was recognizing that I had to put a lot of conscious effort into which order my words were coming out in. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm going to run for the rest of the episode, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. Just kidding. It's good to be here. It's good good that you're, you're awake. Yes. And uh, mm. I'm glad that you got three minutes of sleep. Yeah. Ah, I'm stoked. <laughs> uh, well, uh, anyway, we are supposed to be looking at the last part of Philippians. Yes. So... Man, this has been cool. I, I um, I've really enjoyed like this like deeper sort of deeper approach that we've taken for this series. It's been yeah. good. I also like going through a book. I don't know about you guys, but for mm. me, I much prefer that to just picking a random passage. Yeah. yeah, you just feel like you're getting somewhere. You feel like you're really understanding where the author's coming from, and mm. yeah, just leveraging a bit more of what the text is actually saying. Yeah, mm. like we're going to get to a verse today that you know we've been seeing coming for several weeks now. Um, that, you know, you've probably quoted it, you know, 15 times in your life, mm. all out of context and all wrong. <laughs> yes. um, you know, I, when I say you, I mean us. Yeah, collectively. But yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see that now in the context of Philippians. And mm. yeah, yeah, really mm. uh, try to understand what Paul actually meant by what he said. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's been good. So how do you want to tackle it? You want to just read like the first six verses or something? And yeah, I think that's... Six, the- seven verses and then... Yep. Let's do the first seven verses. All right. Let me, let me kick it off. Go for it. Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, st- so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore... Oh, can you read verse two? I don't, I don't know how to pronounce these chicks' names. <laughs> <laughs> I, employ, I, I implore 
Euodia and I implore Cintiq to be in the same mind in the Lord. That's probably completely wrong, but I'm just going with confidence. That's fine. Yeah, that's I mean, uh, I didn't have to do it, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hmm. Some very familiar words in there, right? Yeah. You know, I think Philippians 4, there's a lot of quotable, um, hmm. you know, texts in there. So yeah. we'll probably go, oh, yeah, remember that, remember that, remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah what do you think about verse 1, though, as we start off? I think it's really, really interesting. You know, I, I think maybe we should just give it a little bit of context, right? So we've just mm. been through, you know, uh, chapter one was sort of this collection of, of Paul like talking about the sufferings that um, he has been going through and he's in prison and he's writing mm. to them about how that even though he's in prison, he sees, you know, the gospel going forward and he's like, you know, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And mm. he's like, you know, I'm choosing to live, um, you know, because that's the better alternative for everybody else, even yeah. though for me... You know, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready for be Jesus. better if I just... Yeah, yeah tapped out i mean like he's already been dead once at this point hasn't he yeah pretty much <laughs> you know, when he was stoned it was at ephesus who so was stoned at yes yeah yeah um so you know like mm. he's had a hard life he's mm. he's tired and he's like yeah. for me to die is gain right yeah. um and then he talks about you know how we can achieve this uh what was the words there our conduct being worthy of the gospel of christ yeah. um and he he goes into great depth in chapter two about how that is you know putting on the mindset of christ letting christ fill us and the fruits of righteousness uh, being the um, the the uh, effect, the outflow of that experience, mm. um, and then he talks about two examples of, of this in in ministry companions, uh, Timothy and Epaphroditus, and how these two men had exemplified that that spirit that he was talking pe- uh, talking to them about having, mm. um, and then in chapter three uh, we get this sort of this long sort of monologue about um, his his experience, you know, where he's come from, where he has got to, mm. and how he's had to let go of certain things and count them as as dung. Um, for the sake of having Christ, you know, mm. he's like, you know, these things that used to be important to me, now I look at them as rubbish. Yep. Um, and then he talks about how he's pressing forward, he's stretching himself, and he's he's reaching forward for a crown, um, and and for the prize which is Christ. Um, he talks about how um, he's uh, we are citizens of heaven, and we should, so we should live that way. And then we get to chapter four, and he says, therefore, my beloved brethren. Uh, sorry, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Mm. What do you think about that verse? Tell me your thoughts before I elaborate. Yeah, I was looking at that and I thought it was interesting that from his perspective, these people that he's writing to are his joy and his crown. Like he considers them to be the crowning achievement of his ministry. Yeah. It's not it's not how many churches necessarily he planted. It's about the people that he impacted. And, yeah. and I think that's a beautiful way of, of looking at that and also us looking at the people that are around us who we've invested in. Yeah. So that was the thing that main thing that stood out to me in that verse. But in the context, that's... That's the conclusion, right? Just before that, he's talking about the, uh, his citizen, our citizenship being in heaven, and, mm-hmm. and that. And this is a therefore statement. It's concluding yeah. from the previous statement. So, therefore, my, uh, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord. So he's he's commanding them, right, to to hold on to everything that they're already holding on to until what he said in verse twenty one happens, which our Lord will transform our lowly bodies, yes, uh, into conformed into the image of His glorious body. Yeah. yeah, yeah, love it. How about you, Steve? Do you have any thoughts on verse one? Uh, not particularly. Just yeah. It feels like a connecting verse, doesn't it? Like yeah. it, it doesn't feel like it has a great import. Although you know you can study into it, and I'm sure you're about to share something that that's imp- that's important. But it it doesn't feel like that unless you actually pay some close attention. Yeah, I I like what you said though because I feel like this has been a continued theme we've been noticing through the Book of Philippians, and that is that he really cares about this congregation. Mm-hmm. This church in Philippi is like really special to him. Yeah. And the words there, you know, my joy and my crown. 
um, you know, you just spoke about the the crown aspect, which is which is great. I was going to talk about that, but even this joy aspect, you know, mm-hmm. that like these people bring Paul such great joy, even when he's in prison, mm-hmm. you know, facing suffering, you know, you know, in a Roman prison where, as he's mentioned in chapter one, uh, no, chapter two, you don't get looked after in a Roman prison, right? Yeah. You know, you have yeah. to rely on people, and some of those people that he's reliant on were the church in Philippi, yeah. um, and he's just like, yeah, I'm just, I just rejoice over you guys, you know, because I can see the fruit of the gospel ministry in your lives um yeah and that you know that that is as you said a crown to his ministry Hmm. um which is beautiful um and i just love love those words so stand fast in the lord um it reminded me of uh toward the end of the book of galatians uh chapter five it says stand fast therefore in the liberty uh by which christ has made us free and don't be entangled again Hmm. with the yoke of bondage um you know considering it's the same author i feel like the same thought applies here paul is is saying to them you've been liberated by christ Hmm. you know and so, therefore, stand fast in mm. the Lord. Yeah. You know, and he's been using this in the Lord statement a lot in chapter three. Mm. Uh, you remember we talked about that last week about how that was one of the aspects that he considered to be demonstra- demonstrating that you uh, have circumcision in the heart, you know, that you are rejoicing in the Lord. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, again, he's just Im- imploring them to be in the Lord, to, to stand fast, to abide, as Jesus would say, or to remain yeah. in that position, uh, mm. being in Christ, which was, uh, again, one of the aspects that he's just finished talking about in chapter 3, mm. uh, where he talks about having been found in Christ, not having his own righteousness, but having mm. his. Um, yeah, so anyway. Yeah. No, I, I just think it's interesting that he's talking about standing fast, and the very next thing he does, uh, am I right to go to verse 2? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, this time. This <laughs> so in verse two, where he talks talks about the two women, right? Yeah. Euodia and and, and Sintiqua, however we're going to say those, but he he finishes saying steadfast in the Lord, and then like the for him the like the natural next step, the natural next thing to say is imploring these two women to be of the same mind. Obviously, that implies that they are not currently of the same mind. There's some sort of friction, yeah, contention, between, yeah, contention in in the church. Um, and I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I just find it really interesting that Paul sees these two women that have some sort of contention between them. And he, and he does a couple of things. One, he encourages them to sort it out. Obviously, that's important for the, the church if there's conflict. You want conflict resolution. But... Um, the other thing that I think is interesting, the person that he is intending this book to be read by, at least primarily, who he's referring to here as true companion, he's asking that person to mediate. Yeah. And uh, and I just really like that. You know, like it, I really like the fact that he's taking a proactive stance. He's not just saying sort it out. He's saying sort it out and here, you know, here's yeah. a, a, a mediator a mediator <laughs> for you to work with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can we assume that that was Epaphroditus taking the letter back to them? from earlier in the book or is that likely to be someone else I would say most likely I mean I'm happy to be wrong I would say most likely to be someone else simply because he was the one delivering the message and this is saying my true companion so it would seem weird if he was giving the letter addressed to Epaphroditus to read and then so chapter 2 verse 25 when Epaphroditus is mentioned my brother fellow worker and fellow soldier but your messenger and the one who ministered to my needs so uh, the, that indicates, as you were saying, Luke, he's a messenger to whoever the letter is going to. Yeah. Um, do you think it's also possible, though, that when Paul says, I urge you also true companion, singular, mm. that he was meaning generally to all of the members of the church to whom this letter was then going to filter down to? Um, you know, you could assume it was going to the mm. the shepherd of the flock, right? Mm. Um, for example, but then it was going to be read to the congregation, mm. you know, and so could it, could it be possible that he is intending that He's just potentially uh, yeah. primarily to the, mm. the receiver, but also just in general. Mm. Um, anybody who is a true companion with Paul, he says, this is how I want you to behave. Mm, okay. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. It is possible. Now, I was thinking about, like, you know, we don't know much about the church in Philippi as in the individuals, right? We know, we, we know that Lydia was there. We know that the Philippian jailer was there. And like, so I, I don't know who it would have been, but I, I just imagined it would be an individual. But it could be read that way, I guess. I mean, without knowing the underlying Greek particularly well, um, it's possible that it could be a general statement. Mm. 
Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't matter either way. I don't think it was just no, a, it was just an interesting thought, you know, because like, yeah. um, you know, it would it would be like, for example, if if you addressed a congregation, <laughs> and you know, you you said some, I don't know, you praised some positive element, right, mm. about the congregation, um, that could be applicable to each individual, or it could be applicable yeah. to the whole. Mm. Um, anyway, what? um. No, you first. <laughs> Thank I, you. I'm going to take us on a different tangent. So. Yeah, that's fine. I, just before we jump off this one, I was just going to ask you guys, like, have you, when you've experienced any kind of friction or contention in church, um, how has it worked out for you? Like, what what has been the, the, the fix? Has, what, did the fix look anything like Paul's suggestion? Was it, you know, you and another party figuring it out? Did you need a third party? Like, or is Or was it messier than that? Like I'm just I'm asking from a practical perspective. Like the like is Paul's suggestion something that we can apply now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um well he's essentially asking the true companion, mm. whoever that be, mm. to be a mediator, right? Mm. For these two ladies whose names I'm not gonna attempt to pronounce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sister um, E and Sister S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I feel like I've, I have certainly been on in the mediating role mm. um, in that sort of situation many times, presently am still. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that's definitely um, a legit response to mm. uh, contention. Um, there's something practical in there I want to draw out, but I want to let your question filter out first. So, yeah. did, did you have any response to that, Steve? Uh, the only example I could think of is probably a little bit messy. Um, so not not directly correlating to what Paul's saying here, mm. but um, I just wanted to say like he begins in verse one, he addresses the my dear family, mm-hmm. um, and then addresses like come to common mind in the Lord. So like families always have conflict, but ideally, um, at the end of the day, everyone's still you know in the same family and right. heading down the same in the same direction. Mm. Right. Um, so I, I, like that's that's what he's calling for here. Mm. Um, yeah, I like that, Steve, because that yeah. that you know, there's a bond in a family that, you know, goes deeper than the contention. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you you know you can come back from it yeah. because, you know, you're related, you know, yeah. you'll yeah. figure well, it out. that out in verse 3 saying like, how they've already been working so hard. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Actually, that's a good point. Like, he, he points out that like their common experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, don't let yeah. it go to waste. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. there is certainly a sense of that, you know, if your relationship with someone isn't going well and uh, I, I mean... He, he knows from experience. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. Mm. However many times, mm. but I'm thinking like even even in marriage, you know, like the when things aren't comfortable, aren't going well, aren't necessarily all happy. It, it when you remember, man, I've been through all this experience with this person. Like that's that is something that you never want to walk away from, and so like that pulls you back even stronger, like to fix whatever the problem is. And so, but the same thing happens in friendships, in church relationships, in any human relationship, really. Mm. Mm. Cool. Anyway, so go back where you were headed, Dave. Well, just wanted to point out here, um, and Steve already mentioned this, like he urges them, the two sisters in conflict, to be of the same mind in the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, which is a theme that he has mentioned many times now in, in Philippians. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, like, can you just off the top of your head, before I go and read uh, several verses, can you tell me <laughs> what that is that Paul is meaning when he says that, specifically given the context? When he says which which part, sorry? To be in the same mind. To be in the same mind, yeah. Oh, he's talking about the mind of Christ, right. is my understanding. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So, I just wrote down some of the verses where this, this phrase is used, right? Mm. So, um, in chapter 1, verse 27, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see mm. you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, there's the beginning of this notion of, of yep. one mind. Um, and then in chapter 2, he talks about um, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And then he, he expresses practically what that looks mm. like, you know, letting each esteem others better than himself. Mm-hmm. And in verse 5, he hits it, you know, let let um, this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Tells us all about that. Then gives practical examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus and how they lived that out. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, he, he literally mentions that when he's talking about Timothy. Uh, I have no one like-minded um, hmm. except for Timothy. Yeah. Um, and then in chapter 3, again, you know, this comes up uh, after he's finished telling his story and, and how God has changed his life. He says, therefore, let us as, as 
as many are as mature have this mind and if anything any of you think otherwise god will reveal even this to you mm. and so again he's, he's calling them back into this unity of perspective right that we're all chasing after the same goal that goal mm. being christ mm-hmm. let this mind be in you um and uh in verse 16 he then goes on and he says it again let let us be of the same mind and then we get there to chapter 4 verses 2 and 3 and so there's no doubt in my mind what he's talking about here when he says to them be of the same mind in the lord yeah. like he's he's encouraging them to put aside their their um i, I want to say meaningless but you know their what's another word i can use there that expresses it better anyway trivial unimportant trivial is a good word yeah, yeah trivial <laughs> differences um for the greater unity Mm. you know because as he points out in in verse three there like Mm. you guys are doing a great thing you Mm. know don't let a little difference stop you you know and you and you think back to paul's ministry where he has a contention with peter has Mm. a contention with john mark has a contention with barnabas like he's he's severed relationships um Mm. in his work um, for the gospel ministry Mm. where they've been like we can't get along but let's be of the same mind in the sense we're going to go do gospel ministry together. Now, that's an extreme example because most yep. of the time you can work things out. Yeah. Um, but in Paul's mind, even if you can't work things out, you should still be able to be of the same mind mm-hmm. you know, and, and serve God. Mm. That's um, challenging, but that is also, I think, that's, that's the healthiest way to approach it. Right. Yeah. And I love, by the way, um, I think correct me if you think I'm wrong about this, that his mm. statement at the end of verse 3, whose names are in the book of life, mm. I think that refers back to the two ladies in conflict. Yeah. You know, yep. it's. I think it's specifically think referring it, to Clement, the fellow workers, but I think yes. it includes the other two. Yeah, I was going to say the whole group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I think is beautiful, you know, because mm. Paul's saying, you know, you guys are in conflict, this is yeah. bad, mm. but your names are written in the book of life. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I like that because mm. just because you're having conflict with somebody mm. doesn't mean that you know you or they are lost. And if you're conscious of the fact that both your names are written in the book of life, it's like you could let's frame that differently. You're gonna have to live together in heaven, like yeah, <laughs> you know, like th- th- there's this this common goal. I hate that cliche so much, but yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell when Sorry, I said I it. Just wanted to protest. <laughs> I can tell when I said it. Yeah, I, I can tell when I said it that you looked really uncomfortable. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I typically don't use it myself, but in this principle, that's kind of what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. In a sense, in a sense, yes. Yeah. But I don't want to get onto that. That's a totally different <laughs> thing that, that you're on. I know. I Rejoicing <laughs> the Lord always. Thank yeah. you, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, right I like now. I like the fact that you know once he's talked to them about the the differences, the contention that's going on between them, he's like, all right, now rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say. Rejoice. In case you missed it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, again, this is a continued theme, right? We saw it coming out clearly in chapter three, but it was also there in chapter one where he was rejoicing even though he was in prison because of what God was doing in them. So, again, rejoice in the Lord always. In Paul's mind, that doesn't mean, you know, all situations are going to be cause for rejoicing. Mm. That means uh, rejoice. In spite of. Yeah, but where are we rejoicing again? Rejoice in the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, there's always something to be joyful about, and that is that God is good. Yeah. No matter whether your situations are good or bad God is still good mm-hmm. and so there's still a reason to rejoice yeah, um, yeah. and I, I really like that uh, about Paul's focus in Philippians like mm-hmm. he's telling this church as though like he knows there's going to be persecution coming your way yeah. um, so just have this frame of mind that you know you always have something to be joyful about mm-hmm. yeah. yeah gratitude such mm-hmm. an important principle mm-hmm. definitely um, so verse 4 like you, is where we started. Like, do we keep going? Like, you want to read through to the end of that? I chapter? actually read to verse seven. Oh, you, um, yes, yeah, just before, before didn't we? Started we? listening. Yeah. Gotcha. We're up, we're up to that. As I was talking, I'm like, this is going badly. <laughs> um, yes, you're I right. Think, I think what you wanted to say, Luke, is you wanted verse to get five. to verse five because <laughs> that's your favorite verse, verse yeah. always <laughs> in every chapter. In every chapter. The funny thing is, I really like verse five in this chapter. Yeah. I was saying this to Steve earlier. Steve was like, "Yeah, I didn't really see it," but yeah. <laughs> the, the thing that I sp- especially like about verse 5 is... Hold on. No, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're on for it tonight, aren't you? Oh, no. <laughs> verse- <laughs> Hold me back, Steve. Hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> Let me yeah. The uh, Yeah, the thing that I loved about verse 5 is to let your gentleness be known to all men. Uh, the Lord is at hand. The thing that I liked about that, particularly is the word gentleness. My Bible has a, a note that the um, an alternative translation for gentleness is graciousness or forbearance. Uh, that was the thing that I just really, that stood out to me about that. Yeah, really enjoyed that because that's the quality of God coming out right, right. there. 
And whilst I think gentleness is a lovely th- concept, I yep. don't think that's what Paul was getting at yeah. with the verse. Mm. Um, I think this is actually a, a, an Old Testament reference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Paul, Paul is, because um, he's been saying, you know, have the mind of Christ, right? Yeah. And when Moses asked to un- understand what God was like, mm. one of the key characteristics that God Exodus revealed 25. about himself. Uh, now I'm thinking of 30, uh, 35. Four? Thirty-four. <laughs> you just love five, don't you? <laughs> the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, yeah, and gracious, yeah. long-suffering. Mm. That's the word that um, I think translates to this word yes. forbearance. Mm. Um, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I think what Paul is leveraging here is this aspect of God, which. Uh, comes out also in this word hesed, which we've spoken about a lot before, yeah. uh, which is this Hebrew word that encapsulates unfailing love. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's the kind of love that um, is is willing to be be gentle with us in spite of our mistakes. And that's like it's not just gentleness in the sense of like you know meekness, the kind yeah. of meekness that you might think of when you think of meekness mm-hmm. in a 21st century context. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's speaking of, of 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 this kind of gentleness towards somebody who is like slapping you in the face, mm. essentially, right? God yep. is being very long suffering with us, and Paul uh, exhorts us. You know, it's it's virtually the same thing as chapter two, verse five, where he says, "Let this mind be in you." He says, "Let your gentleness be known to all men." The only mm. way you're going to be able to do that is if you let this mind be in you, right? Yeah. Uh, which was also in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, and I also liked that at the end of the verse, um, he says, yeah, like one of the reasons for us having long suffering and being, um, you know, bearing long with people Mm. is because the Lord is at hand, guys. You know, we don't have time to mess around with, you know, pity grievances and uh, petty grievances rather. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And... um, Oh, I was. There was a word I was getting tangled with, and now that word's lost. <laughs> anyway, uh, with petty grievances and grudges, um, we we don't have time for that because God is at hand. So we need to spend all of our time, you know, letting people know the good news. I yeah. think is what Paul's getting at here. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read that from your translation, Steve? Because I like it. Yeah, sure. Uh, let everybody know how gentle and gracious you are. The Lord is near. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also like like it. Kind of seems a bit weird. The Lord is near. Like it almost seems a little bit like disjointed but after you brought up that um exodus reference it's like god is at hand like that is that is who we're supposed to be and because he is near to us we should be reflecting that like, amen mm. yeah i like that yeah. yeah that's a cool perspective all right uh, are you done with verse five luke i yes. just want to check <laughs> yes it's the last chance you get at verse five i'm so. gonna let you continue is, is this guy gonna die with philippians or? <laughs> <laughs> Please make it die. <laughs> hey, Luke, be anxious for nothing, bro. <laughs> Move on to verse six. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I love the progression here, right? Rejoice yep. in the Lord. Be like Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, whilst we are meditating on the Lord and, and finding joy in Him, um, and therefore being able to reflect him to others. Um, that, that doesn't, as we uh, said earlier, that doesn't preclude uh, bad things from happening in our lives. Um, but even when bad things happen, he says, be anxious for nothing, mm-hmm. but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then he speaks of what's going to happen as a result mm-hmm. of that, where the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. I mean, there's so much in here that I want to talk about, but yeah. over to you guys first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, when I was reading this, um, I thought back to like the fellowship theme that we've seen coming through Philippians as well, mm. um, and just relying on God for that. Like through six and seven, it's just like letting God be God, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the way it frames it that we should be anxious for nothing because you could he could have framed it in the positive right and said just trust god for everything mm. but he knew that we would natural human <laughs> inclination is to yeah. to stress and worry about yeah. things you know and so he's saying stop doing that yeah stop doing that because yeah. that's not helpful to you but instead he you know, gives the alternative but yeah you know, parents supplication so if you are worried about something pray about it labor labor it with god 
but then leave it there. Yeah. And that's where we fail a lot. And you missed a key element of what he said there. No, which I'm I think sure I was going to get it wrong. <laughs> I'm used to it with you. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, man. Not what I was saying. <laughs> this, oh. this is this. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's about to walk out. Uh, he's, he's like, I feel like I'm in a domestic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Family, guys. Sort out your issues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's you, it. You're, you're a mediator. Yeah, true believer. What I was going to say is you missed yeah. a, a valuable element here of, of how we, we can actually do that. Because mm-hmm. I think what Paul says here with Thanksgiving... With Thanksgiving is so important, yeah. you know, because because when you're when you're struggling with anxiety, mm. um, and you're bringing it to you know God with prayer and supplication, Paul just tacks on that little bit on the end with Thanksgiving. So when you're asking God to mm. deliver you, yep. you also have to have this attitude of gratitude. Because remember, rejoice in the Lord always. always, right? And so yeah, it's finding finding things to be grateful for even when you're having you know moments of anxiety. Mm. Um, in addition to what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, like I love that, you know, that, that Paul is really just framing this well yep. for us, that when, mm. when we have a difficult situation in our lives, we need to remember to praise God for what we can praise Him for mm. and ask Him for what we, what we don't have mm. or what we're struggling with. Yeah. yeah. But isn't it interesting in, in verse 7 that he says that um, uh, the peace of God which passeth all understanding will guard your hearts yeah. and minds through Christ Jesus. I thought that was a really interesting term that he selected there because yeah. it, it doesn't seem like it's not the obvious answer, right? Like that that term to guard our hearts mm-hmm. and minds. And so I was thinking how how does that happen? You know, when when we are trusting in God, we are being guarded or protected from from what? Like we're we're being protected from all of those trials and struggles that are talking about the things that we're anxious for. This is a, in my mind, this is like spiritual warfare this is one of the ways that satan like tries to discourage us by getting us bogged down in the the worries and the the trials and the struggles and so in a very real way this active conscious trusting of god Mm. puts up a shield for us Mm -hmm. so we can be protected behind it if we're and you could say it another way you could say if we are stressing and worried and and being anxious we're actually given giving Satan access to discourage us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I think that the <laughs> I love the word guard as well. By the way, it's yeah. heavily underlined in my Bible. <laughs> um, I, the reason why that stands out, well, one of the reasons why it stands out to me actually is because um, it's the same like root word that is used when it, when the Bible uses to the word keep the commandments. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, so we are asked to be guardians of God's Ten Commandments, right? Is mm-hmm. essentially what that word keep means. And then um, Paul's promise to us is actually that then when we have the peace of God in our hearts, it is a guardian mm. of us, right? Mm. Uh, so there's like, you know, we can only be guardians when we're being guarded by the peace. Anyway. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I also see some pretty cool Old Testament allusions in this this uh, reference here. And especially I saw it really clearly actually when you were just saying what you were saying, Luke, about mm. how... Um, that word guard is, you know, kind of this idea of keeping us safe. Yeah. Um, so Psalm 91 is probably one of the classic places you might go. Like there's probably yeah. tons of references I could have gone to, but I just, I thought this is a really beautiful poetry. So yes. I might just read, you know, a few verses from Psalm 91 because this is kind of like, this is how the peace of God can guard our hearts and minds, right? Mm. So he says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the, and, and just, for context, you know, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, you know, remember what Paul has just finished saying in chapter 3, right, about mm. us being found in him, yes. knowing him, you know, um, oh, I can't remember what the fir- what first of those three was. Anyway, yeah. he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, that's how we how we know him, that's how we're found in him, right, mm. if, if we're dwelling with him. Uh, Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress. There's that guarding mm. sort of language, right? My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover me with uh, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler, you shall be afraid of you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even um, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, befall you, nor shall any plague come near you. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. 
etc 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 um and so i just love this this thought right that when we are abiding in god right and and we have this peace of god surrounding us like this refuge this fortress and you know these you know to to use some of the like the the more gentle language there in psalm 91 under his feathers under his wings when Mm. we're being surrounded by this protection right um no anxiety is really going to be able to uh, penetrate that that fortress Mm. um yeah so anyway Got to, got to dwell in the secret place, though, Yeah. to get there, which I think is what Paul has just really mm, finished laboring in chapter 3. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Isn't, isn't that what we've been seeing as the trend? That's right. what he's trying to get people right. to do. That's right. And so I think it's so key, again, like the context really sets it up, right? Yeah. You could read that verse and you'd be like, oh, don't need to be anxious for anything. Yeah. Or you could read it in its context and you could know exactly how you can can get to that place where you're not going to be anxious for anything, mm. right? Because yep. you're, you're dwelling, you're abiding with Jesus. You're in the mind of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I also just wanted to comment on the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, hmm. um, and, and that that's what's going to provide this this um, yep. uh, this security hmm. um, for our hearts and our minds. Um, so our insecurities are taken care of uh, when we have the peace of God, which passes hmm. all understanding, uh, dwelling in us. Right, and yep. so um, I think I think this is just you know um, sort of sub- superfluous language, right? He's just like over-the-top, exaggerative kind of, um, yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah, we, I, I, just, I just want you to uh, really understand that this, this experience that um, you can have in Christ is mm. worth having. Yeah, and it's bigger than any problem that you right. have. Right, yeah, yeah, thank you. I got lost in my words there. Yeah, we found you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's going to read on? I think Steve wants to. Yeah, sure. So uh, this is just a heads up for people who don't know. This is uh, N.T. Wright's translation, so it's a bit more less. How would you say? It's a bit more less. It's a bit more less. Like less traditional, a bit more dynamic. What, what's what's the word for those like translations? Paraphrase. Of, paraphr- yeah, it's not a paraphrase because he's done it better than that. But, but it's, it's more like, thought for thought, not word for word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with a little bit of his spin on it. But yep. anyway, just, just ahead <laughs> we get it. <laughs> it's not total heresy. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the rest, my dear family. Sorry, NT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he listens. Yeah, you won't hear this. Yeah. <laughs> Next minute, cancelled. <laughs> um, for the rest, my dear family, these are the things you should think through. Whatever is true, whatever is holy, whatever is upright, whatever is pure, whatever is attractive, whatever has a good reputation, anything virtuous, anything praiseworthy. And these are the things you should do. What you learned, received, heard, and saw in and through me, and the God of peace will be with you. Hmm. Interesting that he says that these are the things you should do, whereas yeah. in, in, in my translation it says that you should meditate on them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which is which is potentially a because um, N.T. Wright is a New Testament scholar, right? Mm. So it would be uh, one of the inferences I would have thought of the Greek yeah. word for for meditate. There mm. is probably um, and this is all assumption, by the way. Just yeah. that out there. It's it's probably an active word, right? Meditate probably yeah. doesn't just mean think about. Yeah. It probably means think about until you act on it. Yeah. Which is, I think, a great way of thinking yeah. about meditation, yeah. just by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think these things are in verse 9? What you learned, received, heard, and saw in and through me. Is that is that what we've been, what we've been reading up until now? I think, think there are some other things. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that inclusive, right? So, like, yeah. not only that, but also the stuff that he would have preached mm. when he was there and, and actually taught them. So, like, yeah. anything yeah. that you've heard from me as I've been teaching you the gospel and talking about Christ, mm. taking that as a whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah and... and you know, I think it, it wouldn't be unreasonable to assume as well that news travelled in the ancient world, mm. just like it does in the modern world. Yeah. Um, just without all the social yeah. media. Although, <laughs> you know, not on screens. Yeah. Um, but I think Paul's other missionary journeys, like you know, thoughts were <laughs> thoughts would have been filtering back to the church in Philippi about what he'd been doing here, here, yeah. here, here, and you know, like for example, we mentioned yeah. earlier that he was stoned in Ephesus. Like that mm. would have filtered back to the church mm. in Philippi, and there would have been like you know great rejoicing mm. at what God had done in keeping that you know his servant Paul alive and and the ministry he was able to do in Ephesus. Yeah. So I think you know. Um, it wouldn't be unreasonable to assume that that they knew a lot about yeah. Paul's yeah. life and ministry. Yeah. It also echoes back to what he had said um, in chapter three, verse seventeen: "Join in following my example. Note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern." Um, remember how he contrasted that with those who don't walk in that direction, but they they um, set their minds on earthly things. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so I think, you know, the things that you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, he's saying, yeah, this example that I've been speaking of through yeah. chapter one mm. and chapter two, chapter three. Yeah, it's another, yeah. another one of those verses that's like, imitate me as I'm imitating Christ. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the, the things in verse eight, I think, uh, again, this is one of those verses that you might see on like a toilet door or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I would go magnet. With, yeah, I, I would go with like embroidered on a cushion, <laughs> you know, but that toilet door, that works. Sure, like wherever you see Bible verses, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm checking your toilet door next time I visit. Um, it'll be on my bathroom wall, actually, but... That's true, yeah, yeah, you do. But um, anyway, so the words, right? That's what we were getting at before yeah, we started mentioning swiftly, toilet doors. Yeah. yeah. He um, says that like it was our fault. <laughs> well, uh, it, well, I was the one that said it, okay? So I'm going to claim that. Yeah. Um, true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, um, virtuous, and praiseworthy. Hmm. Um, these are the things that Paul is, is recommending. Um, and so, you know, we, we've, we're familiar with the book of Galatians. We're familiar with the fruit of the spirit. Yep. Right? And so I feel like there's, there's a great deal of sort of overlap in Paul's mind to when he's talking about in Romans 8, you mm -hmm. know, what it means to live by the spirit. Mm -hmm. In uh, Galatians chapter 5, where he's talking about the fruit of the spirit. In Ephesians chapters, I think, 3 and 4, where he's talking about the practical elements of, of faith mm -hmm. in the life. Mm -hmm. And here in, chap in Philippians chapter 4, where he says, you know, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, you know, think on these things or as in your version it said, Steve, do them. You know, yeah. I think, yeah, essentially he's getting at what he said in chapter one when he said that um, be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I appreciate that. One thing that stood out to me, and I guess the, a lot of these, uh, you know, quotable verses that you see a lot of, uh, I'm noticing how much of it is quoted out of context. And when, when I was going through this just then, and that it triggered it even more so, Steve, when you read it in that translation. Uh, but I've heard a lot of people use this text to justify things that this text is not talking about as well. You know, it, it, it's great. And I think, it, I think it, it means exactly what it says when it says that we should be focused on these things. We should be doing these things. Things, but we also need to uh, recognize the what is the true meaning of what Paul's getting at here, and, and it's, it's what you were saying, Dave. Right? He's trying to usher us to, towards that experience with Christ, having the mind of Christ. Uh, like, I mean, I've, I've, that's what his whole book has been the whole about, thing, right? right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> just it have is. the mind of Christ. Could have mm. just said it. Yeah. <laughs> Very short book. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess my point is, some people make that a. a, a a filter for the way they think, you know, and that they're not willing to engage with anything outside of scripture, for example, or, or, or think any further or go any f anywhere outside those bounds. Mm -hmm. And that's not the point that Paul's even making. Like he's, he's not talking about, you know, you know, don't read that or don't read it. He's saying our entire life should be lived through this lens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is how we should be approaching life as Christ would approach life. Yeah. And I, I like that way of and, viewing and it. And I also think this is linked back to verse six where he says, be anxious for nothing. Like, mm -hmm. I think he's giving us some practical tips as well here about how you can stop being anxious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you focus on these things primarily, yeah. it's going to take a lot of anxiety out of your life, right? Mm. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean that to be like a no, take right. anything away from what you were saying. That's in I didn't. Addition see, to. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see it as a it's put your paranoia away, mate. You, 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 you think <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, I had one more thing to add. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You're right. Um, I just in said my notes. in my notes. Oh, All right, I came prepared. <laughs> yeah. no. um, I said like, cause, um, you know how Jesus says, don't know where it is, but it's um, oh, the verse ends in your heart will be also where your uh, where your treasure where is. Where your treasure is, yeah, there your mind will be also, your heart will be also. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, I just had like a similar thought, like where your focus is, um, there your heart will be also. Like mm. yeah, what you're focusing on has a big impact on like what direction mm. you're headed in. So do you know what's really interesting about that? So that's Matthew six, right, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, and Wait, you know what also is Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5 Matthew to 7. Five to oh, seven. seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> That's where it starts. I mean, you it's were long. right. <laughs> yeah. It's just a longer sermon than you remembered. Yeah, yeah. Steve fell asleep at the chapter 5. <laughs> yeah. I fell out the window and died. <laughs> <laughs> you think oh. it's... Uh, <laughs> hey, that, I think that was the first episode you joined us on. We talked about that. Really? Yep. Okay. That's a random memory. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only ones I ever seem to hold on to. <laughs> um, what there. I was going to say is what's interesting about that, Steve, is chapter 6 ends with... 
the do not worry section, right? About, uh, you know, don't worry about what you will eat yep. or what you will wear or whatever because, yeah, you know, true. God takes care of right. things. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, interesting little reference you make there. Thank you. Pray continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now, this is verse 10, now at last your care for me has flourished again. Uh, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I'd speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know uh, how to be abased and I know how to, abound, how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hmm. There it is. There it is. There. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So who wants to tackle uh, 4.13 in context? <laughs> well, uh, one of the things that I, I just found really interesting about that is, uh, I mean, the obvious thing is that people have quoted that so many times anytime anything looks difficult or (laughs) life is just big or whatever it's like well i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and that's great like i don't have a problem i i think that in essence it's a true statement right like we can do all things through christ but that's not what he's talking about like at least not in that not in that way yeah (laughs) (laughs) i also i also feel slightly objectionable to your last statement i know what you meant but yeah, I don't think it's fair for us to say I actually can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Because oh, there are things yes. that that we can't do, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> which is why the statement sort of falls in a heap. But I, yeah. yeah, I get what you were saying. Um, yeah. All the things that that we we should be doing, you know, the yes. things that are according to God's will, we can do yeah. through Christ who strengthens us. Yes, um, definitely. But even that isn't what Paul's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So what was he what was he getting at, guys? Like, what is this section of verses about? Mm. In your opinions, yeah, I was gonna say, can you just the the oh. way the translation that yeah, you yeah sure like not that one but um just before we started recording like you read that verse oh yeah, yeah. with like your word in it sorry so um I like the, the word the NIV <laughs> yeah, I like the word the NIV renders verse thirteen really well but before we read verse thirteen that way I just want to okay. just just give it a little bit of context again by just reading the last bit right so yeah. in uh, verse uh, eleven he says I have learned in whatever state I am to be content mm-hmm. in verse twelve he says I know how to be abased I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry. Uh, both to abound and to suffer need. And then the NIV says in verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yes. Um, which I think is a much better translation. That's the key. The word this in there, yeah. like yeah. That, that highlights, okay, just what we spoke about, right? Yeah. The, the fact that I can abound, or I can have nothing, I, so I, I, can, I can be going well or I can be suffering and I can cope with all of that. Right. I can be content in all of that. Because of Christ. Right. Yeah. And in I, him. Yeah, you, you said the word, um, this translation says, I know how to cope with plenty. Yeah. And coping isn't something you normally think of as a... <laughs> Positive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, how do you, like, Paul, like, at least according to this translation, <laughs> coping with plenty, like, like having more than Paul needed almost was a burden for him. Yeah. Because it's like, what do I do And with it, it is. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've never been a rich person, but I, I, w- I was interviewing... Um, Julian Archer for oh, yeah. for, the, for this podcast. You know, you can go back a couple of years and you'll see his interview there. But in that conversation with him, it really struck me. I thought, man, if I was ever put in a position like he is, because he was talking about how he wrestled with what to do with the resources that God gave him. Mm. And listening to him go through that process, I'm like, man, that's a really heavy burden. And yeah. uh, like, I, I have always prayed that if God ever gives me great resources, that he would also give me the capacity to, to yeah. manage them well. Because if you don't, they're they're more cursed than they are blessing. Mm. So I, I think that that's a really smart way that Paul is communicating, and I'm really glad that, that in that translation, that's the way it comes through. Because I think if we can know how to cope with those blessings, yeah. in other, and I think what's being said there is be able to use the use the blessings the way God would use them, mm. and not lose our own spirituality as a result that's the key right to be able to process whatever situation we're in life good bad ugly in between Mm. to be able to process that while staying connected to christ being anxious for nothing rejoicing in the lord always yes Mm. that is what paul is saying like you know so god can 
enable you or empower you to do that. Right. With because, those things. Because remember, what he has gone and communicated in chapter three was, you know, this is what I was like. You know, I was mm. a Pharisee of the Pharisees. According to the law, yep. I was righteous. According to the, on the eighth day. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And he was like going on and on about how if anyone has anything to boast about, I'm the guy, right? Yeah. Which he's just done in chapter four, which mm-hmm. is ironic, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, what, what I was getting at there is he's saying like, that's where I was at and I had to be brought down from there because I wasn't able to cope with that level of abundance, if you like. Now, he doesn't see that as abundance anymore, but yeah. do you know at what I mean? Time, like, yeah. He wasn't able to handle all of the, the rich things that God had communicated to him because he didn't have Christ in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. If he had have had all of those great things going for him and Christ, would have been incredible, right? Yeah. Um, but what, what God had to do was introduce Christ and all of those things had to fall away so that Christ could become sort of you know preeminent in Paul's mind. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. In that in that scenario, uh, those things not only did they have to be uh, diminished in importance, but they actually became stumbling blocks in his in his mind, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, w- w- I think what the, the promise of verse thirteen is getting at, and and I don't have a problem with us u- utilizing it for other things as well. I think it yeah. just has a, a promise that we claim when we're going through something difficult. That's fine, you know. Mm. But what Paul was really getting at is that we are able to stay connected with Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and and be able to have this state of contentedness and and no anxiety, right? right. No, not probably no anxiety is not the the right way to put that, but yeah. not to be overwhelmed Appro- by appropriate anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we have the peace of God surrounding us. Um, and he says we can do all of that because Christ is working in us to achieve that. Yes. Uh, which, I, I mean, like seeing as we're doing the whole referencing thing, like, <laughs> that references Adaptated back, doesn't bibliography. it? <laughs> yeah. That references back to chapter two, doesn't it? Where mm. he, he actually implored them, you know, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. You know, this yeah. is this idea of how Christ is strengthening us, mm. you know, to, to achieve this this work of staying connected with him. Like he has to work in us mm. to want it yeah. <laughs> and then to do it. Yes. Yeah. So he's, he's on both ends of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's great. So does anyone have anything else to say about um, verse 13? Hmm? Ah, it's all good. All right, let's keep rolling. But, Nevertheless, you have done well that you, that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from uh, from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your accord. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things you sent. Sorry, this is the thing sent from you: a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, and. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, in this in this section here, a couple of things uh, stood out to me. So like, feel free to, to jump in. But I, I, the thing that I thought was really interesting, the first one that I, I noticed anyway in verse 15, uh, where it says that, in the, you know, like in the beginning I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. And I thought, man... For someone like Paul, who was like one of the most prominent, um, you know, ministers of the gospel in that time frame, only one church out of all of the places that he travelled supported him. And now I don't know the situation for every one of them. Maybe they were in financial need themselves. Maybe they, maybe they couldn't. So I don't want to pass judgment on any individual. But I find it interesting that a person such as Paul would find himself in a condition where he was not able to be supported by anyone apart from the Philippians. Yeah. yeah. Can I just um, say that sometimes this is still happens today um, in the sense that, like, I don't know whether you guys have ever had this experience where... You know, you might be a part of a church community where, um, like, you're uh, like a, 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 a central component of the church, let's say, right? And mm. you have a, a, a good relationship, a good standing with just about every member in the church, you know, and, and on a given weekend when you rock up to church, you might be sort of ministering to people all, all throughout the service. Yeah. Um, but you could probably still count on, on one hand the number of people in that church who have invited you back to their homes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying not to point fingers here, um, yep. but like I, I can seen. resonate with that experience. Yeah. Um, and and I don't think that's necessarily because they don't care for you at all, mm. right? Because while you're at church, it seems evident that they do, right? Yeah. Um, but some people just don't have that mindset, right? Or they haven't learned to cultivate that mindset is probably a better way of saying that. Mm. Um, and I think what Paul is doing here is he's praising the Philippians because they have, mm. right? Because the church in Thessalonica, they had, they had great things going for them. Mm. But this wasn't one of them, right? Whereas the church in Philippi, they saw the practical needs and they met the practical needs. Yeah. Um, and I think that I think that there's a calling for us all to be doing that to some extent. You know, mm. and different people are going to have different gifts, and so yeah. some people are going to have a real gift for hospitality, and they should, you know, make the most of that gift and be hospitable to, to as many people as possible. Mm. But I think everybody should should try to cultivate the gift of hospitality to some extent, even if it's yeah. not your primary gift. Yes. Um, In yeah. my experience, it enables other gifts. Right, like hospitality, you can't. Hospitality creates the atmosphere in which ministry can occur. Right, and so that's why I, if you're I, called to lead, for example, yeah, you know, you're going to build a context for leadership. Yeah, if you're called to ad- administer, even you know, yeah, you're going to be able to get to know the people, you know, mm-hmm. so that you can do administrative work uh, mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and virtually all ministry is interpersonal, right? Yeah. Like, and it requires you to be in connection with people and. That's no better way that, to do that than around food. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> that that's that creates community. You know, like it's one of the things that I, I can't remember who I was saying to the other day. We were talking about all the restrictions around COVID, and I, I said for me, probably the number one damaging thing, like like from a ministry perspective, the number one damage that COVID did was taking away the lunch at church because all of a sudden there was no easy way to interact with people without having to, uh, you know, make times outside of that to, you know, coordinate everyone to get together. And so, like, just that one thing, I think, damaged our community so much, which, you know, what are you, what are you grinning at? You, you're like... You're I'm trying to hold it back. <laughs> you're trying to hold it back. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just going to shake my head at that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. statement, fine. But, yeah, but what I'm commentating on, not so fine. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that, that's my point. Like, you know, that's that's one of the things that I think is is really powerful. I guess the point that I'm getting at is that is that community yeah. Uh, yeah. is formed in hospitality. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 And and by the way, we should do church lunches. Not what I'm shaking my head about. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I get it. People should invite people to their house. That's what I'm shaking my head about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm going to leave it at that. Otherwise, I'm going to get rolled up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I also liked in verse 17. Um, uh, that he says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, Paul is saying like, you know, like... I don't care was, about the money. It was great that you guys supported me and I did need that. Yeah. But what was more important to me was that you were blessed through the act of giving, hmm. right? Which is just, you know, again, takes you back to the book of Acts where, you know, we, we encounter that great statement, it is more blessed to give than it receive. is to receive, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just think uh, Paul is just is just hitting that right here and just saying to them, you know, uh, the the greatest blessing to me was knowing that you were blessed in the act of giving. Mm. And so, of all the churches, you know, you know, Thessalonica have got their things going for them, like I said, but you're going to be the most blessed because you were the ones that reached out yeah, yeah. and gave. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at. It. I didn't I didn't quite see it from that angle. I really like that. I do. Um, the other thing that that stood out to me was uh, we're in in verse eighteen also where it says Epaphrodite, uh, things that you sent to you a sweet smelling aroma acceptable sacrifice well pleasing to God he he's taking all of those um, sanctuary language yeah all the sanctuary yeah. language exactly it seems out of place a little bit it does yeah. it, it does <laughs> like, but it what? but it makes sense when, when you think about it because in obviously in the Old Testament in the sanctuary uh, and here like it's cross reference to Hebrews but. When when God accepts an offering, it is described as a, a, a sweet smelling aroma. It's an, an offering that is both given and accepted by God. Mm-hmm. When God doesn't accept the offering, how does he how does he refer to it? He talks about it as like a stench in his nostrils. It's something that is repulsive to him. And so here he's saying that this this sacrificial act of giving, where they were supporting him, that was that was a sweet smelling aroma to God. Like God saw that offering as as being pleasing in His sight. And that's yeah. If you off, if you make an offering to God, 
I'm telling you now, like as as humans, we are faulty, we are fallen. There is no such thing as a perfect offering that we could give, mm. right? I mean, Hebrews, we talked about that over and over again. It's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could atone for sins. Yeah. We, we know that like all of the offerings that we can give are tainted. The only offering that is perfect is Christ, right? Like that that's why he did what he did. That's why he is who he is. But right here, what we see is is uh, he he's pointing out that what they did was in harmony with God's plan and that God was pleased with their their self-sacrificial giving. So, yeah. Mm. Love it. So, your turn and Dave, where are you headed? Oh, I just... Uh, <laughs> I was a little amused by Steve's statement uh, that, you know, it seems out of place. And I was thinking, what? <laughs> it doesn't seem out of place for Paul to say it. I mean, I know what you meant. It seems yeah. out of place in the text. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is something Paul says over and over again. I just thought yeah. about the one in Ephesians 5 where he says, Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us and offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So he's he's comparing as we follow Christ, we are offering, we are giving that same sweet-smelling aroma. And in uh, Philippians, the verse you just read, Luke, it says a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, yep. which, which you know echoes Romans twelve. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah, that we would be a living yeah. sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our yeah. reasonable service. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a this is a common thread for Paul. He mm-hmm. he has just has this real mindset of your life is a living sacrifice so you are just constantly giving yourself to god um you know sanctuary style you know just giving yourself as a as an offering Mm. every day you know i offer my life up to you god do with it what you please today yeah Mm. um which is such a great way to live your life by the way you know if i could recommend anything yeah live your life that way Mm. yeah what about verse 19 what a promise, eh? Mm. Um, you know, when we are when we are doing this this ministry that God has has called us to, uh, uh, like the church in Philippi was faithfully, mm. uh, my God shall supply all your need according to the rich, His riches in, in glory by Christ Jesus. Um, and I think this this has an application in the physical sense here, but also in the spiritual sense, right? Because they're giving, 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 and and you would think if you were giving all the time, you would be depleted. Mm. Um, but what Paul is promising here is that if you're giving, um, you know, from a heart that's that's surrendered to God, mm. um, that you're actually not going to be depleted by that giving. You're going to be filled, filled, filled. Your God will supply all your needs. Yeah. Um, According to His riches. I know, glory. right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Okay, you know, <laughs> yeah, we know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like God, the God that owns the the cattle on a thousand hills, and mm. yeah, yeah. And then I mean, verse twenty one to twenty three is is really just his benediction. Yeah. Greet yeah. every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are uh, are with me greet you. All uh, the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. Mm. Does anyone else feel puzzled by that? Um, especially those who are of Caesar's household. That's like a quick flex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is it. <laughs> uh, it. It echoes back to something we read about. Uh, where was that? Like was the it, guard. The yeah, was word. that in chapter one? Yeah, chapter one. I think. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, chapter one, verse thirteen. So that it became evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it is a bit of a quick flex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think it, what it also is, is is Paul saying, like, these people, they just really want to meet you, you know? Yeah. And so they just send their greetings to you from, mm. you know, the palace guard. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All it's, right, Paul. I know, when you think about that, you know, these people that, that like, want to meet you and that they, they greet you, and it, it is a bit like that, you know? Like, when somebody... Like you've got someone and there's like mutual friends and they're telling you about this other person and how and how great they are and all the rest of it. When you finally meet that person, it's like, oh, this is so cool. Like I, I get to I get to meet that person. But this is like a proxy friendship or a, yeah. a parasocial relationship, as they might call it. So. That's a cool word. Yeah. <laughs> Quick flex. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was your favorite part about Philippians? Uh, for me. I I think I don't verse know. Five. <laughs> yes, verse five oh. in every chapter. <laughs> Please kill it with this episode. No more. Um, funny enough, I, I think the thing that I enjoyed the most was being able to connect the major themes that aren't necessarily front and center in the quotable quotes. Yeah, mm. you know, like drawing that that picture that we were just talking about of you know. Uh, Paul saying how well this is the this is the way life should look when we're connected yep. to Christ and coming out the other end of it and of course the thing that that's attached to is putting all of those quotable quotes 
in their proper context, not just assuming that we know them and assuming that the words that are in them are the the maximum amount of meaning we can get out of them, that when you put them in context, even though they may not be as broadly applicable, they actually become more powerful because you understand what they were really meant yeah. meant for. That's yep. the thing I enjoyed the most. Yeah, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just enjoyed the different perspectives and talking through it. It's yeah. good. That's cool. We should do it again. We should do books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good fun. I mean, I know I'm biased because I love... Yeah, <laughs> you we should. ...series, but... Yeah. Yeah. And so, the message from, from Paul to us through the book of Philippians is, like this mind being you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? Yeah. Count everything else as loss mm. that you may obtain that, the mind of Christ. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know about you guys, but as I as we come to the end of the book, you know, when I was when I was looking at it this week, I I felt very challenged by that because often it's very easy for life to crowd out right the important. Be anxious for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. even right now, Lord. <laughs> but I just I just found that really challenging because you know I was saying to you guys I think before we started recording that there are sections of my life that I can remember where I think I really was 100% in that frame of mind but um, those things aren't constants right you know you you have different uh, experiences and I think there's something to be said for certain seasons of life where your life looks more like that than others but I, I think that if we keep pushing closer to that experience that will lead to the best possible Christian experience even if it doesn't look like it all the time I don't think that's the point but I think if we keep that as our North Star that that's mm. where we're going mm-hmm. so, mm. I like that North Star in the Southern Hemisphere <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's a Southern the cross yes. our bearing yeah all yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Ah, that's great. Well, like Dave was saying, uh, it was great to focus on a book. If you guys have a particular book you'd like us to do in, in another series... Don't, don't say the book of numbers. Yes. <laughs> if you've got a book that's not a prank on us to, to recommend, let us know. We would love... Oh, next minute, Psalms. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Welcome back to part 175. Yeah. <laughs> I think we would have to figure out a different way to cut this up if we did that. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, if you have any specific books that you would like us to uh, focus on or uh, do a series around, let us know. We would love to at least entertain the idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is bad, isn't it? You know what we mean. Um, but uh, if you've enjoyed this one, please uh, you know, send it. Let me try that in English. Send it to a friend. Share it around. We would love to also hear your feedback any thoughts you have any other future episodes you'd like to hear us do so thank you so much for writing out this series with us and uh, we look forward to catching you guys uh, in the next season catch you then And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mail list so I would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that if you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet you can go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us so if you want to help us reach those goals please jump in and give us a review the final message that I'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our patreon account now Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating and ultimately what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast and so if you'd like to help us do that jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards but at different levels there are different benefits different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours if you can't afford that we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.